Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Real Vision. I'm Ash Bennington. Today, we're talking about Axie Infinity, the play-to-earn model, and blockchain gaming with Jiho, Jeff Zerlin, co-founder of Sky Mavis. Welcome, Jiho. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here. Let me give our viewers some context about how we met. So it's late October. There's a huge conference called NFT.NYC. People are super pumped up about it. It's the only conference I've ever been to where people are cheering, waiting in line to get their badges, right? So, so the conference starts, and there are all these crazy parties you hear about, like from the night before or whatever. And, and one day, I'm on the conference floor, and this guy walks up to me. He's actually a guy from France who recognizes me from a Real Vision show. Uh, and he says, I have to come to the Axie Infinity Party. It's way out in Brooklyn, he says, but, but you got to come. So long story short, I jump on the subway. Uh, I go out to like industrial Brooklyn. It's broad daylight, like late afternoon. I'm wandering around this industrial neighborhood. I have no idea where I am. And there's this huge, totally jacked guy wearing a mask sitting on a stool in front of a warehouse. He looks at me and he says, what are you looking for? And I say, Axie. And he says, yeah, go in. I walk down this dark corridor and this is what I see. Moral of the story, for people in the community, Axie is a very big deal. We're going to unpack that today, talk all about Axie, talk all about your background. So let's jump in and get started. Tell us the story about how you got into this space. So personally, I was never interested in crypto when it was just about the Bitcoin speculation. Um I already knew how to trade options. <laughs> so if it was just about making or losing a lot of money really quickly, that wasn't too interesting to me. But I've always been a gamer. I've always been a collector. Um, so in December of 2017, there was a project called CryptoKitties. And myself and a lot of the Sky Mavis, uh, you know, uh, early team members, we actually met playing CryptoKitties, right? And CryptoKitties was an interesting model where... Right. For the first time, it seemed like you didn't actually need a technical background to right, jump into a project and, uh, and, and participate. Um, you know, it was a crypto kitty is obviously like this very simple proof of concept, but I think the thought process really started there, right? Where it was like, okay, what if there was a game that you could actually, right, create NFTs by playing and, and actually, uh, right, earn? Uh, you know, potentially earn, right? So we started thinking about how you could actually create a model that would actually be sustainable and, and last for, you know, years and decades rather than a couple of weeks, right? Which is what happened uh, with CryptoKitties. So uh, yeah, I, I actually met the original, uh, uh, so, you know, so some of the original uh, team members of Sky Mavis 
while playing uh, CryptoKitties. Um, and then, yeah, uh, so Axie was actually created by two Vietnamese childhood friends, Trung and Masamune. Uh, they're geniuses, right? So Trung is an amazing engineer and Masamune is an artist and he you know, grew up uh, creating games. Actually, as kids in Vietnam, uh, I think because it was difficult for them to read the English you know, on the Pokemon cards and stuff like that, they actually ended up creating their own card games, right? Drawing cards and then giving them out to their friends and playing these games um, with their childhood friends. So uh, it, it was these these are the two original founders of Axie Infinity. I actually uh, discovered the project as a community member in March of 2018. Uh, right, I, I was immediately drawn to the art. Uh, this idea of being able to battle NFTs, I thought was really compelling, right? True utility. Um, and yeah, I just fell in love with the project, started trying to help and, and things really snowballed from there. So let's unpack this a little bit. Uh, talking about NFTs, NFTs obviously at the very heart of what makes Axie uh, a game, a project, and something that's so interesting to people. Let's give a little bit of a context, a little bit of a framework uh, for how NFTs are at the heart of this project. So Axies are digital pets. They're kind of cute. They look like chubby axolotls. Uh, and each Axie has a genetic code. Um, there are actually eight distinct genes um, that determine the physical characteristics of each Axie. Those characteristics also determine right, what they can do in battle, right? So we have a card battle game. So in, in that game, um, you can the, the genes determine what cards each Axie actually can play in that battle system. Uh, so each, yeah, so each Axie is an NFT. You can earn in-game resources by playing the game. Like in many games, the key difference is that with our game, right, uh, these resources are tokenized, right? So you can learn, you can earn something called uh, Smooth Love Potion, uh, which is actually used to breed axes, right? So you actually need to earn these by playing the game if you want to create more axes, right? And this is important because the only way to get axes is to actually buy them from the secondary market. So, right, you play the game, you earn these tokens, you can use those tokens to breed more axes and you can sell those axes to people who want more axes or people who are entering the ecosystem, right? So uh, it's kind of a new model where the players have actually become the distribution arm, right? Each axie player is theoretically a digital pet store owner, right? And it has their own little operation. You know, there's, there are other elements. Uh, we have a governance token, the Axis token. Uh, this, is, this can also be earned by playing the game. It can, you can get it by creating content. Uh, you can also just buy it. Um, and basically, all of the... So Axie has done $3.8 billion in NFT marketplace volume. 4.25% um, of that volume, right, of each marketplace transaction gets sent to a community treasury. And that treasury is actually governed by uh, the Axis token holders, right? So uh, Sky Mavis, the inventors, the creators of the game, we only own around 20%, right? So the other 80% is owned by the community. So that's why, right, this is really right, a first iteration of a community-driven, community-owned game. Yeah. I'm so glad that you mentioned those numbers because I want to give uh, our viewers a sense of the scale of this project. Talk about the size in terms of number of users, in terms of transaction volume per day, uh, in terms of the key metrics that you look at to understand how 
Axie is sure. doing? So there are 3 million people who own Axies, 2.5 million daily active players. 50% of them have never used crypto before. 25% don't have a bank account. So we're really getting it into the hands of the people that need this technology the most. Um, yeah, there are around 60,000 people who are staking the Axis token. Um, we have a, a leaderboard system where right, like uh, players can actually earn our governance token by placing uh, at the top of the leaderboard. Um, so that's that goes out to a thousand people. Perhaps by the time this interview comes out, it'll be much more. We're looking at expanding the, the leaderboard to something like the top 200,000 or 300,000 as well. So these are very impressive numbers uh, for people who are hearing about this, uh, maybe for the first time. It's a significant community that you guys have built. One of the things that interests me uh, is the way that you think about this and the way that you've spoken about Axie in the past. Uh, you've talked about how Axie to you is much more than a game. Uh, it has aspects of a digital economy, aspects almost of a digital nation state. Give us your framework for how you think about what Axie is becoming. So Axie is far more than a game, right? Of course, it's an amazing, there are elements of an amazing game that people find extremely fun and engaging. Uh, but right, Axie also has its own growing economy. It has its own culture. We even have our own kind of uh, language uh, that's developing, right? Like if you talk to an Axie player and they're and they start they speak to you like you're another you're another Axie player, but you're not you're not you might not understand what they're talking about, right? So you have right, Axie Axie citizens when they go out into the into the physical world, right? They have to you know explain um, Axie in a way that's more I guess palatable or, or like understandable um, to to everyday people. So we, we, so yeah, we have a lot of the elements of a society, right? And I think it's interesting in that we, we, we've started to see the rise of grassroots internet communities as, and Axie, I think is that to a supercharged level because you have this economic engine attached to it where, right. People, right. Like they're able to sustain themselves in many cases. Uh, they're, they're creating, you know, really strong friendships they're having fun. <laughs> so it's in, in, in some ways, right. It's, it's, it's fulfilling a lot of the hierarchy of needs. So one of the things that's really interesting, uh, in the way that you talk about Axie, uh, as you just said earlier, uh, you, you refer to Sky Mavis, uh, not as the company, uh, but as, uh, the, the group that originally created Axie, give our viewers a sense of what that means. You've talked about how you guys own only own about 20% of access. That's the AXS token. Uh, give us a sense of what that means, because this is a project that you've talked more uh, about decentralizing in future years. Axie is, you know, a living, breathing an ecosystem that's constantly evolving over time. You know, I think we see ourselves as the inventors, the birthers, or the or the the ones that have hatched uh, this ecosystem, this nation. But this is going to be a really long journey. Right. We, we're, you know, in many cases, right, like we can see ourselves as the founders of this nation, but long term, it's going to be important, right, just with just like with America, right, like that it can keep going on um, in our absence. Right. So we're all we're already, you know, preparing um, for that, uh, you know, eventual future, which is something that we have to build towards which is basically right. The community is already very crucial uh, to the building process, right? They're our distribution 
um, arm, right? Uh, but in the future, it's not going to be possible for Sky Mavis to build all the future, all the all the content that's needed for the community. So we have to right open up all the data, make it super easy for anyone anywhere to build on top of our IP and create new fun and engaging experiences. So right, there is this element of right a com of a, a community built uh, and community driven game, uh, but we have to build towards that. It can't be from the start. Right, we saw that with a couple of projects that have tried to do this, and basically without any you know, without any direction in the early days, basically things just devolve into chaos and, and drama. So. This is a really fascinating point uh, because it's such a dramatic transition from the model that most people, uh, when you think of uh, the intellectual property owned by a company, uh, have in terms of a conception of the way something like this works. So, you know, on the one hand, it's a really cool game. People relate to the NFTs. They like them. They think they're really cool. They're really cute. But bigger picture, this is a huge shift uh, in the way that ecosystems uh, like Axie work. You know, for example, uh, if you were an early user of Facebook, um, you, you know, you got bragging rights, you got to say, well, I've been a member of Facebook since year X and I was on before you. But the equity uh, of Facebook still belonged to uh, the founder of Facebook, uh, some of the venture capitalists who invested early in uh, the company uh, and in the original management team or people who got stock, um, uh, founder stock at the time that the company was created. This is just a very different way to think about how to organize productive assets. This is the future that we're, uh, that we're living in, right? Where these you know, communities have real stake in uh, ownership of the products that they that they use on a daily basis it's it's like the yeah it, it's it's i think the natural progression and uh we're starting to see right these this harmony between the creators the inventors and the users rather than a antagonist antagonistic relationship where sometimes right the the, the incentives can be misaligned um, really dramatically this episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. The other thing that's really interesting uh, that struck me is when you were talking about the unbanked. Uh, I know a lot of people are probably listening to this uh, and trying to make this leap in their head uh, between a popular game uh, and financial services. Give us a sense uh, of what that means to you uh, and how you believe Axie can be, in, uh, can be so instrumental in this space in your view. We see Axie as a portal or a rabbit hole into the rest of the crypto ecosystem. Right, so when you're getting onboarded to Axie, you end up making a crypto wallet. You may buy cryptocurrency, right? Uh, so you're going through all these steps that traditionally, right, like people have been a little bit bored by or not that interested in, right? But when you're it's when you're going through these steps to you know try out something that has you know clear benefits, really fun experience, an amazing community, potential potential economic benefits, right? Uh, there are all of these there's kind of magnetic waves drawing people through these steps. Right. So, um, yeah. Right. So we're introducing people to the rest of the crypto ecosystem, uh, and, and, and teaching them, um, 
through our game, right? So by becoming an Axie player, you will learn how to, you'll learn what a decentralized exchange is. You'll learn what liquidity provision is. Um, you'll learn about a lot of things that you would never have learned about, um, yeah, you know, in school or uh, by, you know, obviously playing like, you know, I guess a, more of a traditional game. So these are also a lot of the benefits that we believe uh, we are kind of uh, imparting to the players, right? We're giving, we're, we're teaching them about blockchain. If you believe that blockchain and Web3 is the future, then learning about it before it be really becomes something that everyone is using, right? That is a benefit in and of, a, of itself, right? So I think also one of the prime benefits of Axie is, right, this uh, guidance uh, through that crypto rabbit hole. I also say that, right, it's, it's, we're not, you know, this is something that we all, we're always like looking to improve on and, and it's not perfect. Yeah. One other aspect of this that's incredibly interesting to me is the scholarship program. I know you've been on Real Vision before with Gabby Dizon of YGG, Yield Build Games, uh, that has, I think, one of the largest scholarship programs right now in Axie. Tell us what scholarships are. So first, like, let's, let's think from the highest level, like why the Axie economy can work, right? The Axie economy fundamentally works because people love their Axies and, uh, and, and enjoy playing the game. Um, so, right, there are people who will just buy axes and hold them and not sell them uh, because they love them. Um, and they'll buy more and they'll breed more and buy the in-game resources, uh, you, know, pr you know, and their main motivation is either status, right, having a lot of axes, right, that can get you into certain social circles uh, in, in, in this burgeoning digital nation. Um, and, yeah, just generally having fun, right, or they want, might want to have uh, a huge lineup for you know, uh, having like they might play competitively, right? And they want all the different counters to every possible team combination um, out there, right? So fundamentally, these are the people that are spending in the ecosystem, um, and then there are others in the ecosystem that, right? Because there is this demand, right? They're able to play the game. They're able to earn the in-game resources needed to create axes SLP. Uh, or they're able to breed axes and sell them. Um, and so there are, there are then people whose primary motivation is right, earning um, by, by participating in the ecosystem. So the scholarship model, so once we, when this, once we understand that, right, so the scholarship model is a system that was actually created by our community where you can actually lend out or uh, provide access to your axes to someone else, typically in a developing nation. Um, and basically, right, you'll uh, agree to sharing a percentage of the tokens that they earn while playing the game using your asset. So let's talk a little bit about the tokens. Uh, you've mentioned access, that's AXS. Uh, and SLP, Smooth Love Potion. Give us a sense uh, for people who are new to this, uh, what those tokens are, how they're different, and what they represent. Sure. So the Axis token represents a, it's because the Axie Infinity Shard, AXS, Axis. This is a piece of the game of the universe, right? So as a, uh, so the, uh, a portion of the breeding fees, uh, 4.25% of the marketplace commission. This is going into a community treasury. That community treasury is worth around $2.2 billion right now. And that can be governed um, by the access token holders 
in uh, in the future. This is so right now all of the, all those funds are just going into the treasury, and you know theoretically there will be some way to unlock that value uh, back towards the holders in the future. Um, the exact mechanism, right, might be like uh, staking or or something or something else. Most likely staking. Um, that's actually right. The the idea is that that's actually up to the to the access holders, right, and, um, to kind of decide on uh, together. Uh, so the the smooth love potion is an in-game resource, and it's used to breed axes, right? So if there is demand for axes, then right, theoretically there is demand uh, for the for the smooth love potion. So, so you mentioned uh, the the treasury right now uh, is about two, uh, a little over two billion dollars. Uh, AXS at the time of this filming access has a market cap of around four billion, actually close to four point eight billion uh, right now as we film. Uh, explain to us the the disconnect between those two numbers. What does that represent? Is that just uh, kind of a multiple that's trading over the actual cash value? A lot. So, first of all, a lot of the a lot of the treasury is actually comprised of of access tokens. Um, so, yeah, it, it you know it, it's it would be uh, it would be yeah. So basically, the uh, the market cap of all the access tokens is I think like five billion dollars right now or some, something like that. And there's around two billion dollars worth of both uh, ETH and Axis in the treasury. So it's ETH and Axis yeah. in the treasury. Cool. So so let's talk a little bit about a word that's come up a number of times during this conversation, uh, which is community. What does community mean to you? Mm. How do you think about it, and how is it integral uh, in the framework that you've built in your head uh, for Axie? The community are really our partners um, and building and distributing the game. They're also, right, 80% of our users come from referrals. Um, because, so we don't work with the app stores, we don't work with uh, game publishers, right? The, the, the community has really replaced the publisher in this new model where they're the ones creating content, evangelizing the game and telling their friends and family about this amazing new ecosystem. And they make Axie inherently viral as well. Um, they're also, right, they're creating fan sites and building tools and um, doing a lot, a lot of really important building that is necessary uh, for the for the success of the game. So the community are really definitely our partners. Uh, I the community, right? Like if Sky, if something were to happen to Sky Mavis, right? If a if a if a meteor were to hit Sky Mavis HQ, right? The community would be able to, you know, in my opinion, uh, keep the project alive and, and moving forward as well. So let's talk a little bit about this concept of the metaverse. Uh, it's something we hear spoken of a lot. Uh, it's interesting to me that you guys are actually um, developing and currently in production with a true metaverse uh, type product. What does metaverse mean to you and how does it play into the framework that you have at Axie? So the metaverse, I think, is just is a trend where our digital lives are starting to become increasingly important relative to what's happening in the physical world. So that, that's my understanding of it. And in order for that to happen, there has to be right kind of an economic engine attached to the digital realm. Otherwise we have to go back to the physical realm, uh, right? In many cases to, to earn money. Obviously a, a big thing and a lot of what is going to sustain these economies are people who, right, they're 
rich <laughs> and they're spending money in these digital worlds for fun and for pleasure and, and status and flexing, right? Like if you can't leave your house, why do you need a nice car or a watch, right? It's, it's, uh, that's, so so at, at, its, at, at its core, right, that type of behavior, that type of spending is going to create opportunity, economic opportunity for people um, in these digital economies. Uh, so with that said, uh, we are working on something called Project K. K is short for kingdom. And this is a new experience that we're building for your axes, right? You'll be able to, it's a land-based experience. You'll be able to build structures and harvest resources and fight for control of territory, uh, you know, form groups. Um, so it'll be more of right, like a kind of a city builder if you're, if you're, if you're into gaming, um, something similar to right, a mashup of things like Stardew Valley, Clash of Clans, Rise of Kingdoms. Yeah, this is such a fascinating construct. People have spoken, uh, I know cynically, uh, about this idea of digital real estate and digital assets. But you you bring up this very interesting point, uh, which is sort of, a, you know, nobody needs a, a $30,000 watch, and yet people buy them uh, because there's some sort of a status uh, association with it uh, or a signaling of belonging to a particular community. Uh, and if nobody needs a $30,000 watch, certainly no one needs a $100 million Van Gogh uh, hanging on their wall. How do you think about value uh, in these digital ecosystems more broadly? I think that spending comes from spending in these digital economies happens for a couple of different reasons, right? There might be, right? Like it, typically it's at the intersection of scarcity, utility, and aesthetics. Um, right. So, uh, yeah, people are, you know, people are spending on things that are either rare and beautiful or useful and beautiful uh, or some com kind of combination of, of all three. Right. Uh, so what are I mean, what are the types of value in these ecosystems? Right. There's social value. Right. There's kind of pleasure and uh, and and fun. Right. There, I guess like, you know, things that uh yeah, it's like all all the things that right, create that dopamine response in the physical world. A lot of them, right, are equally uh, powerful in the in the digital world, right? So, well, yeah, I think right, it's it's just to, to a lot of us, it just seems quite natural that right, people would be spending for a lot of these reasons um, in these in these digital economies, right? The, I, I think one of the key differences, right, is that when a billionaire you know comes and spends money within a Web three economy, that's Right, going to the community uh, the, of the project um, in many cases, right, to the of the project that they're spending in, rather than right to Meta or something like that. So. Yeah, one of the terms that uh, we now hear around the digital gaming, blockchain gaming ecosystem uh, is P two E, play to earn. Give us your uh, sense of what that phrase means. Yeah, this is something that's gotten really popular. Um, people think that it's going to be a new kind of genre of gaming. I, I tend to see it as more of a mechanic. Um, this is the idea, right? Uh, people can, you know, earn a wage or a living uh, by participating in these digital economies. I also say that one thing that I don't like about it is that, right, it kind of shows a uh, maybe like singularity of intent, where it's like, right, play to earn. So this is like maybe like, uh, portrays it as people are only playing to earn, but the reality is that people are playing for a combination of fun, right? Social, uh, social benefits, 
um, as well as the economic factors, right? So when we ask our community, we just did a survey of 20,000 um, and 25% picked the gameplay as their favorite aspect of Axie. 25% picked their, the community as their favorite aspect of Axie. And then around 50% uh, picked the economy, right? So there are there is real diversity here uh, in terms of the motivations for playing. And I also will say that, right, it's mathematically impossible or very difficult for for right, a, a system to work where everyone is just playing to earn money unless right there's like outside capital right that's coming in uh right maybe from sponsorships or things like that like it's theoretically it's possible to make a system like that work um but it's it's it would be really difficult so right it's really really important that people understand that right there are a lot of motivations for participating in these digital economies and that's actually what makes them sustainable yeah. One of the fascinating things about play to earn uh, is what's happening in emerging markets. You know, a story is a big deal in blockchain when CNBC writes about it, uh, because they generally don't go too deep beneath the surface unless something is really popular. Uh, and there have been stories uh, written by CNBC and elsewhere uh, about the prevalence of Axie in the Philippines. Give us a sense of what that story is. So there was an amazing documentary that came out about how Axie was really crucial to allowing people in the Philippines to continue to earn a living uh, during the COVID pand pandemic. Uh, there's one particular uh, city in particular, I'm going to butcher the name. So there was one city in particular in the Philippines uh, that the documentary focused on. And right, you saw people from all different backgrounds and walks of life uh, coming together, playing this game, having a lot of fun. And also right, it became a very important source of uh, economic yeah, economic uh, security for them. Um, so practically speaking, when we're talking about emerging markets, Philippines or elsewhere, tell us what that looks like. Uh, and what's the relationship of that to the scholarship programs we were talking about a few minutes ago? Yeah, the Philippines is actually where a lot of these scholars who are actually right, they cannot afford axes and they're so they're borrowing axes and, and sharing a percentage of the tokens that they earn by playing the game. The Philippines is where a lot of these scholars are coming from. And it's been a really important, uh, right, source of uh yeah, kind of income um in many of in many of these communities so, so scholars are the people who are borrowing the axie assets sure, yeah. uh from people who have a guild that basically you're essentially mm -hmm. staking people to play uh, which generates the yield uh through the game. definitely yeah so you know the scholar people i actually i believe i came up with this term in the early days of axie where, where it was like we're giving out scholarships for people to learn how to play right there's this element of education right so it's it's not you're you're not just right you can't just be playing earning the game right like you're the each scholar actually right creates a lot of value by becoming right someone who now understands more about blockchain someone who is using the ronin wallet using our infrastructure uh providing liquidity to the pvpq in the early days of axie Right when the community was small, it would take a really long time to get a match. And when you did get a match, it might be at someone who's not at your skill level, right? So that actually made the game not fun. So there, there are certain mechanics in games where, right, you actually need a lot of people to play the game in order for the game to be fun. Um, so this is also part of the value that they, these scholars are bringing into the ecosystem. So I, I want to be really clear about that because, right, it's not, it doesn't work it, to just pay people <laughs> to play a game if they're not, right? providing some service or value to the ecosystem. Yeah. 
So you mentioned the Ronin wallet. Tell us about what the Ronin wallet is and what role it plays in the Axie ecosystem. Yeah, so the Ronin wallet is a, is a wallet um, built by Sky Mavis for Ronin. Ronin is our custom NFT scaling infrastructure. It's made uh, for anyone who, you know, for, for the builders of digital nations to build products like Axie Infinity that come, that are at the intersection of, you know, gaming and um, these new digital economies, these, di these digital nations. So uh, yeah, the Ronin wallet has almost 3 million downloads. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, you can store your, you know, your axes, you can store your uh, tokens, like you can store ETH on it. You can even store USDC uh, in many develop in developing nations it's becoming, you know, something like cash app, right. Uh, where you can actually use it to pay, right. So if, if the, the merchant will say, Hey, we accept SLP here, we accept access, right. Um, you can then just use your running wallet to, to, to pay for goods in the physical world as well. And you have evidence that this is already happening in the field right now today. This isn't a theoretical uh, abstract concept. You're saying you're seeing this uh, right now in the Philippines, for example. Yeah, in the Philippines and Venezuela, right? Because keep in mind that there are actually community members, they own a lot of businesses. So, you know, for them to do their part, right? A lot of them, right, they'll, you know, start accepting, um, ac accepting the currency. We were talking a little bit off camera about the forthcoming Ronin token. This is the wallet we were just talking about. Uh, tell us what the Ronin token will be uh, and why you feel it's so essential to the ecosystem. Sure. So first of all, so Ronin is an Ethereum sidechain that was created to scale Axie Infinity to millions of users. When we launched Ronin, there were around 38,000 daily active users and quickly right over the last uh, nine months or so has grown to be uh, grown from 38,000 to 2.5 million daily active users. So, uh, Ronin made Axie, right. Uh, smooth, right. It, it, uh, decreased transaction costs and just made it, it made it faster. This, this really allowed us to scale up the community. The idea behind Ronin is that, right. Uh, this has been proved through Axie, but can also be used for the next generation of premier, uh, NFT gaming applications, right. Um, so yeah, Ronin, the, so the Ronin token, uh, has actually not been released yet, but right now, uh, there's actually a farming program where you can actually farm these tokens by providing liquidity on Katana, which is Ronin's decentralized exchange. So the Ronin token will be, uh, coming out soon. Uh, it will be used, you know, to govern the Ronin network. You'll be able to stake it through validators. Um, and, you know, staking rewards as well as uh, transactions fees. It's basically like the ether uh, of the Ronin network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You've talked a bit about farming in the past. What does that term mean in the context of Axie? As Web3 has matured, different projects have found different ways to get tokens into the hands of their community members for different actions, right? So... With, with Axie, right, like we, we've, we found out that, hey, like you can distribute tokens to users by playing the game. Um, but right, then, then there are also their right, kind of DeFi applications, 
um, like decentralized exchanges. And uh, right on a, on a decentralized exchange requires deep pools of liquidity uh, to function and to, to give efficient prices for token swaps. So what, so yeah, we, we so basically farming is you, you provide liquidity uh, for a given pair and then right, depending on how much liquidity you've deposited, you are then rewarded with tokens um, for that, for, for that act. One of the other things we were talking about off camera is this idea of barriers to entry, a term that's more typically associated with uh, economics, macroeconomics uh, than with gaming. What does barriers to entry mean to you in the context of the infinity of the Axie infinity ecosystem? So, the, so I want to be clear that Axie is very, very difficult <laughs> to get started with. And, this, right, you, and despite that, We've we've gotten to three million. You know, I'm glad I'm glad you said it uh, because it is challenging. I know uh, when uh, whatever I guess last year uh, when I first uh, started getting interested in, in Axie, uh, just to get on uh, to get on the system to you know to get a Ronin wallet to deposit money to buy AXS. This is really something that is not uh, something that my mom is going to be doing anytime soon. Yeah, it's difficult, and I think I th that's something that I'm actually uh, really proud of uh, is that right we've gotten to three million. Uh, citizens, despite the fact that it's incredibly hard to get started. Uh, the good news is that we have a upgraded version of our battle system coming out. It's called Axie Infinity Origins. You can think of it as kind of the third iteration of our battle system. The first was in, uh, in 2018. The current battles were actually released in 2019. They're actually only, they were built by around six people. Uh, and so now this third iteration coming in 2022 uh, is going to right, have upgraded art, uh, more beautiful animations, going to be faster, more skill-based. And crucially, people will get three free starter axes at the beginning without having to go through all the blockchain onboarding. Right. So the purpose of these axes is for people to fall in love with the game and the art, learn the mechanics of, the, of uh, you know, how the battle system works, um, before having to make any economic decisions, right? So one of the things, right, is like, I mean, so I'm on the growth side of things. So we tend to think in terms of like activation funnels, right? And um, user journey, right? So the, one, of the, one of the difficult things right now is, right? So if you want to get started with Axie, right? You have to figure out what Axies to buy without, ever, without ever having played the game, um, yeah. right? So this is also right, why it's been very like, referral driven too is like right so you actually need your friend to basically give you three axes that they know are going to be good um or right or you have to like do a lot of research online um this is also why poker players and magic the gathering players uh you know tend to uh be uh, a large part of the community because right like they're you know they they kind of understand how these types of games work and can predict <laughs> what would be good but it's still very very difficult so yeah, uh, yeah. So this will all change with Origin. So we're, we're really excited about it, um, and we think that it's going to be a right a smoother introduction um, and shepherding down the rabbit hole uh, for for our, our users. And yeah, so we're we're super excited to onboard you know millions of millions of uh, yeah citizens into into Web three um, this year.
So let's talk a little bit more about this idea of access, about what platforms it's available on. I know one of the things that freaked me out when I first uh, was exploring it was the idea that I had to uh, install an executable file on my computer. I didn't really want to do that. Tell us a little bit about the platform's access and security as well. Uh, so yeah, in order to play Axie, right, uh, is, is, is the question is around like what types of files you have to download to play Axie or... Yeah, the systems that you need uh, to have it, you can play on a phone, obviously. Uh, you can also play on a computer. But give us a sense of what platforms you need in order to access the system. And then secondarily, uh, the security uh, and stability of those systems. Sure. So Axie is built uh, on Unity. So uh, you, you know, so we have, uh, you, can, you can play it on Android. Um, it's also on TestFlight, although TestFlight is full right now um, on, on iOS. And then we have our own, uh, actually, NFT gaming store called the Mavis Hub. Um, right now, right, there's only Axie Infinity on it. But in the future, right, it's, uh, we, we plan on making it something akin to like, the Steam of these NFT-powered games. And in terms of the security, uh, you know, that, that's something that you would have to maybe ask you know, uh, a, a, a security specialist about, but um, it's, we haven't had any issues so far. Yeah. Uh, so tell us a little bit about what you're, you mentioned, obviously the new battle system that you've got coming online. Uh, tell us a little bit about what the roadmap looks like going forward. So 2022 will be a year of gameplay releases. So uh, we have a couple of things on the menu. So we have Axie Infinity Origin, which is, which is that massive upgrade to our battle system. Uh, we're working uh, really hard on land um, gameplay, which is right that kind of Stardew Valley uh, uh, you know, type experience where you're building, harvesting resources, um, fighting for control of territory. Um, and also we're looking to basically take initial steps towards having the community members build uh, mini games on top of Axie Infinity as well. So we'll be announcing a build Axie Builders program, which will be kind of like a system of grants for people that are looking to build on top of uh, on top of the axes. Um, and then long-term, right, we, we want to kind of evolve this into a full-blown SDK where right, anyone, anywhere can right, theoretically build an awesome experience um, on top of Axie Infinity. Um, so yeah. Uh, we, software, software development tool, uh, kit for people who don't know. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, an SDK. Um, uh, yeah, so, so the community is really excited about that. Uh, we are also, right, in talks and exploring, right, you know, what the next... IP, uh, you know, and next gaming experience uh, to, to port over to Ronin or to bring to Ronin or start building on Ronin. Uh, we're, we're exploring what that would look like, right? So uh, there are a lot of game developers that are really, really eager to build on Ronin, um, but we, we're, we're, we're going to initially be very careful about uh, who we work with because uh, we can actually choose, right, like what NFT games will be successful because we have distribution, we have the infrastructure that's actually battle tested. And so we're in an incredibly, uh, you know, strategic position there, but that also means that we have to be careful because we have, we need to make sure that we're amplifying and elevating worthy uh, developers and experiences. We were also talking offline a little bit about the Ronin wallet uh, and about some of the volume numbers, which are quite impressive. Give us a framework uh, for how you understand volume uh, and other metrics on the Ronin wallet. Sure. So Ronin is an NFT uh, or an Ethereum sidechain built specifically for uh, NFT games. 
and we've seen mass attraction so far. So there are around 300,000 daily unique addresses that are interacting with the Ronin chain. Uh, there is $5.6 billion deposited in the Ronin bridge. This makes it the number one uh, Ethereum sidechain by deposited assets. And 15% and of all NFT volume in 2021 happened on Ronin, which is actually more than all the other, uh, you know, NFT scaling solutions combined. Gio, I know you expanded some people's minds here with this conversation. I think it's so incredibly helpful. We talk about these concepts all the time, uh, NFTs, the metaverse, play to earn. But I think it's so important to have something to walk through it with. And I think that you've done a great job of explaining Axie here today. And also some of these deeper concepts you're incredibly passionate about, not just Axie, but this space uh, about blockchain gaming more generally. As we come to the conclusion of this conversation, some final thoughts, key takeaways that you'd like to leave our audience with. So I believe that, right, as I think, I've, as I've said before, right, we're starting to see the rise of these grassroots internet communities, and they're going to start having really, really important uh, Im impact uh, on the world. And, and one of the surprising ways that this will come about is through what looks like and what appears to be these gaming communities. Um, I'll also say that, right, there's a huge debate that's happening around, uh, right, can these types of economies work? And I'll also say, right, that I can understand the skepticism um, towards them because a lot of people, let's say the main, like a lot of the media, they only focus on, right, the people who are earning uh, a living um, and they're not focusing on, you know, the people who are spending for fun. In many cases, the people who are spending for fun are also billionaires or hundred millionaires that, you know, don't really want to speak to the media. Right. So I'll also say that it's really, really, uh, you know, uh, important to understand that, right. Like a lot of the spending that's creating these opportunities, the economic opportunities coming from, you know, people that are insanely wealthy and, and their, their entire framework for spending is probably a lot different, um, than can be, con can, can kind of be understood, uh, rationally, um, by, by everyday people. Joe, we'd really love to get you back on Real Vision again soon. I would love to uh, come back. Uh, I'm always really excited. Uh, whenever there's anything to do with like Axie and Real Vision, my family members, I think a lot of them are actually subscribers. So whenever right, a, a guest or uh, mentions Axie, uh, or, or I think Rawls mentioned it, uh, right, they get super excited. And that used to be the only time. That's I think how you know that was the only time, or that was how a lot of my family members actually found out about Axie. That or that I was like doing well. So uh, I owe you guys a lot. And uh, yeah, we'd, we'd love to come back. Let's do it. Let's definitely get you back. Really appreciate you joining us and looking forward to seeing what you guys are working on next. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for watching, everybody. Welcome to the end of the video. We know that on average, 85% of you who start a video on Real Vision finish it. That's extraordinary. On Facebook, it would just be 4%. And that's because Real Vision creates the most engaging content in the entire media world. Let us help you grow your business by making video content that really engages your customers. Email us at customvideo at realvision.com.